new Chitlin Circuit. Welcome back to the new Chitlin Circuit, the only podcast dedicated to black indies only. My name is Lex, and we are here today with Jamal McMillan, uh, independent filmmaker and director of the film Sustained, which our loyal and dedicated listeners just finished hearing our review of this week. This is extra special because earlier this season we reviewed another film directed by Mr. McMillan titled When a Woman Loves a Man. So today we have him here with us and we're excited to ask him some questions to hear the backstory to what went into those films and learn a little bit more about his process. So thanks for joining us here today, Jamal. And let's start with Sustain. Uh, we'd love to hear the backstory and the inspiration behind that. Sustain was my first movie that we released uh, in we shot it in 2016. The idea actually came while I was working on another project. It was a TV show called Here We Go Again with Latoya Luckett. And one of the writers on the show, he and I got really close and he challenged me. He said, Jamal, um, he said, write a movie right now. Like, just come up with an idea. And so that day on set, all I had was I wanted to do a biblical story. Um, I knew I wanted to do the story of Job and that I wanted him to be a lawyer. That was it. By the end of the day, we had the entire treatment like written out. And he read it and he was like, all right, you got something with this. Okay. He said, now do it. <laughs> and um, my best friend Colton, <laughs> who writes all of my uh, um, feature film screenplays, he, uh, when I gave it to him, he was like, okay, well, what, when do you want me to do it? I was like, immediately. And it just came to him when he just started writing. And so we were finishing up our very first film, Back to One, which is getting rebooted um, in a couple of years uh, for theaters. By the time we finished filming Back to One, we decided, okay, sustain, let's just go for it. And uh, all we had was a uh, Canon DSLR and a on-camera microphone. That was it. And... Uh, a lot of people just came to us and were like, hey, you know, if you need our house, if you need our building, you know, let's do it. So we shot sustained. It was just, you know, it just came to us and we just like use whatever resources that we could. And uh, that was like my first time, like directing, doing a lead role, writing all of that um, together. But when we finished it and we put out the first trailer, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, like this is what you've been working on for the past year. <laughs> And, you know, the premiere was amazing. We had like over 200 people to show up. I was completely nervous because it's the first time I ever shown anything. And uh, my agent was sitting right next to me, like holding my leg down because I kept shaking. She's like, Jamal, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But now we're in the process of remaking it for theaters as well. So it's a same heart, but whole different film coming out. With production halts kind of like coming to an end and we're on the other side, hopefully, of COVID, how are you guys as like as an indie filmmaker, you know, not always with large budgets behind you handling, you know, set constraints and health procedures and things? Even before COVID, you know, you have to be creative with how you do things. And uh, like I, I make sure that, you know, everyone has a mask on, you know, when I'm filming, even like a demo reel. And also making sure that, you know, we have the sanitizer, um, that everyone has space so that we can have social distancing, you know, to a certain, you know, aspect, but also making sure that we get whatever shots and stuff that we need yeah. as well. So it's, it's a little creative thing, but I feel like by the time yeah. 
I really get invested in a film, it's gonna be like, oh, COVID, we're we're fine now. You're good. It's like, oh, I had all these plans for how I wanted to, yeah. you know, work on set, but. <laughs> I think I'm gonna still keep my six feet proximity post COVID. <laughs> right. See, I'm introverted, so this is like the greatest excuse for people not to come near me. So it's like, oh, I'm sorry, please. please. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do have a, a question. This was, you know, my apologies to Cindy. This wasn't on our question docket, but <laughs> you mentioned like the community support of the movie originally, and like everyone said, like you can use my house, and like, like you know. Uh, one of the things that I really liked, because I always, I mostly watch black indies, like independent scrappy filmmaking. And I noticed in Sustain, the the courtroom, was that like a repurposed church sanctuary? Yes, it was. <laughs> I thought that was genius. <laughs> Why has no one done that? It That was the most nerve wracking location that we possibly could get. Uh, but it worked out because um, we... I was in talks with some location scouts for big films and stuff. And they were like, okay, well, you know, we have some, a list of places, but they of course wanted, you know, thousands of dollars to rent the space and whatnot. And it just conflicted because like our cast, when I say everyone came together, like no one in the cast was paid before we actually premiered the movie. And I was such a perfectionist that there were days where I was like, Hey, I want to redo this scene or redo that scene. And they were like, Jamal, Whatever you need, just let us know. Because uh, I, I was like, I really want a, a courtroom because I want it to look authentic. And everybody's like, well, Jamal, you're an artist. You know how to build stuff. So why don't you just get this church and then you can make it look like whatever you want? So I uh, built the uh, witness stand and all that stuff. And uh, that was a crazy day because that was our longest day of shooting. To be clear, you said you you built those like with your hands. Yeah, that that's dedication. We have a director, we have a writer, we have a set designer. designer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I had to get there early, set up the uh, the sanctuary to look like a courtroom, then get dressed, then make sure I knew all my lines and the order and all that. My co-director, she couldn't be there because she was out of town. I had three cameras that were running at the same time. So like trying to like make sure everything's going and then come back around and my sister who did most of the cinematography, like she had no idea. Like I just like threw her in the mix. Like, Hey Jamila, can you come help me with this project? And one day turned into like 20 days and she was like, so you forced me to be a DP and I have no idea how to use these cameras. It's like, yeah, but you know, we'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> And like after that day was over, I was like beat. Like, it, I was just exhausted, but it, it was fun to see it come together. While uh, Sustain is the movie we just we most recently watched, When a Woman Loves a Man is the movie actually that caused us to connect. I'll, I'll kick it over to Sydney. I think she had a, a question about that one. Really wanted to hear more about the backstory that you kind of mentioned of getting When a Woman Loves a Man created uh, and then any reflections you have on the process and what you're taking from that into your more current projects? Well, When a Woman Loves a Man, it was a reboot of the very first project that I was uh, ever cast in. I wanted to direct the original, but I had no experience directing. I just had, you know, vision. And the creator, Key, she hired this one director who he had 20 films under his belt. She was like, you know, he has experience. I'm going to let him do it. But there, there was something, and I, I don't like to throw directors under the bus, but it's, it was like there was something uh, about his film style that I, like 
the very first shot, I just went, mm, I, I don't know. And throughout the process of filming, everybody on set was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm not happy about it. And after my first day of shooting, I said, yeah, I, I can't do this. And so um, we shot all of my stuff that one day. They finished the film. We had the premiere. And like people were laughing in the theater. They, they were just like, like, oh what, what is this? Like the quality, the audio quality, lighting. Like it was for the amount of money that she paid on that project. It was an embarrassment what that director put out. After the premiere of her film, she came up to me and said, Jamal, I want you to reboot my movie. And like two years went past and then I did sustain and then I did a couple other films that I wrote. And then when she came back, I didn't really know if she was super serious about me doing it. So I said, well, if you want me to do this movie, this is the camera that I want for it. And I didn't think that she would actually do. It. And then she contacted me one day and goes, hey, Jamal, send me a picture. I got the camera. And I was like, crap, now I got to do the movie. Uh, <laughs> it was um, it was definitely an experience because it, it showed me that I do better when either A, I have full creative control of a project because she and I, we, we bumped heads a lot because I mean, like when you're the creator of something, you have a vision for it. You know, I need it to go a certain way. So it's like, you know, the trust issues. So she and I, we bumped heads a lot uh, behind the scenes. But while we were filming on set, the cast was like, Jamal, whatever you need, you just tell us. And so like we made changes on the fly, like the story was altered drastically. Yeah. And I told her, I said, I said, can I please have like another like two to three months just to work on this script? Because it was a, a, a play. Like that, like it was a play and she said, let's make a movie. And I was like, yeah. there's drastic differences between a play and a film. And I was trying to get her to fully understand that, but she was like, I really want to get this movie out. We, uh, so I was like, okay, let's just go for it. And so while we were shooting, we were editing things, like cutting it down. Like that, the, the thing that stressed me out the most was the cookout scene. This is where this cookout scene, which is really long and no one, you know, no one eats anything. Um, also, <laughs> I don't know why they just didn't call it a kickback. <laughs> true. We never saw a grill. Oh, uh, so where's the cookout? I didn't see no hot dogs. I didn't wasn't see... even no aluminum pans with the foil on. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what we do get from the cookout scene is we get a little bit of scandal uh, between Tanya and Greg's relationship. So we we realize that Greg is one into something that's shady, and then mm -hmm. we see another guy, Rico. He shows up and him and Tanya act like they don't know each other, but they clearly have a past. And apparently Tony is also having an affair, or at least they think he's having an affair because he brings this um, other woman with him that's not his wife. Black men don't cheat. It was, yes. When I say like what you saw in the movie is only half of what was actually in the script, like half. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And. I tried to get that condensed as much as I That's could. Key. I wanted to just rewrite that whole thing. I was like, we don't need the cookout. We can we can get whatever is needed in that sequence in smaller scenes and set it up more. But again, it's not my production. So I, I had like certain, you know, certain things I could do, certain things I couldn't do. But 
everybody was like, you know, the original cast, they were pissed that I did the reboot because I said, if I'm going to do this reboot, I don't want any of the original mm-hmm. cast in it. It wasn't like a knock on anybody. It was just, if we're going to do this from scratch, I want to do it from scratch. Like I want to treat it as if the first movie mm-hmm. never happened. And even um, like the, uh, the, the scene where she's like flipping through the channels, all of those are my projects. On the TV, the production went through the trouble of making fake TV shows. Yes, it reminded <laughs> me of like on Insecure when they do like Due North and Finding Latoya. Same thing. I thought that was ve- that was very clever. I liked it a lot. I'm sure that took extra time. You have to go get extra actors and stuff. But mm-hmm. if if the filmmakers are listening, that was worth it. That was good. It was good. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Because it was like, why not? You know, <laughs> love that. And it was great to see something like a like another uh, fake news broadcast and sustained. It's that detail, that small detail, is goes a long way. And so for the past two years since we uh, shot that movie, I've been focused on just getting myself ready for the next level of doing, you know, multi-million dollar projects. Cause that's, that's been the dream and sustain was the movie that like springboarded all of yeah. it. Yeah. It's not very journalistic for me to say, but period. <laughs> period, right? <laughs> and that's perfect too, for like our next question. Uh, Cause what we do a lot here is shoot our shot on the show, mostly at actors. Uh, but we want to pose the same question to you. Who on your wish list do you want to shoot your shot with today to work with actors, producers, other directors, writers, whoever? Oh, wow. Um, and it could be for any project, right? <laughs> any project. Um, the answer is Michael B. Jordan. The reason why is because he keeps taking every role that I've ever wanted. I was writing my own Creed story. He gets Creed. I talked to Chadwick Boseman, told him that I wanted to be the villain in Black Panther, Michael B. Jordan. Um, then, um, I even had thoughts to be in Fantastic Four as Johnny Storm. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. Well, you may have dodged a bullet with the... Right, I know. I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, you, you can take that one. You, I, 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 you know, I bowed out of that one. Take it. Um, but and then I heard, and like Superman is my favorite superhero. And now there are rumors that he's going to be black Superman. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Let's see. <laughs> I started playing around with the idea for Creed and I said, well, this actually could work in my favor because if everyone remembers Creed had other children that we have yet to see in any of the movies. And I'm pretty sure one of those kids also did boxing. So I've been working on a treatment for Creed four, which is his younger brother comes and they end up having like a family squabble and end up fighting against each other. Because yeah. the older Creed, Michael B. Jordan's character, he's more power. He's not really that fast, but he's powerful. Mm-hmm. The younger brother, me, like every, yeah. uh, when I did boxing, everybody was like, you have a lot of speed. So it'd be like speed versus power, Creed versus Creed. And so uh, yeah. that's what I've been training for. I love that. I'm not going to lie. I'm in. Is this a new Chitlin Circuit exclusive? I feel like we just got... It's hot off the press. <laughs> it's just a, a vision that I've had. So like, you know what? Why not? You know, the worst I could say is no, but at least I can get in perfect shape for it. Yeah. And if there's one thing I've learned from talking with you in these short minutes is that if anybody's going to get it done, it's you. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> well, look, you know, Sydney, do you have any more questions on your notepad? 
No, that was it. But look, I'm gonna just I'm gonna talk to him squarely, uh, Mr. MBJ. Look out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, that would just be yes. the perfect thing. Like every when I tell you, I even have the commercial in my head to tease the movie. Like that's that's how much thought I put into it. Other aspirations, like I wanna, I would love to fix the DC film universe. Mm, they need some help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just sad. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so you did mention uh, Sustained is being, well, currently being rebooted, right, uh, for a theatrical release. When can we expect to see that? I'm really curious. I want. I know we're in COVID times right now, but theater is opening back up. So. Yeah, well, we're in the pre-production process right now. Um, I went through and revamped the entire script, which the funny thing was everyone gets on me because I'm extremely critical of my work. Like most people are like, oh my gosh, you know, this is your project, your baby, you love it. I was like, no, I do love it. Like it's my child. However, it has flaws that I would love to fix if I got the chance to. And then we were approached by some investors. They said, Jamal, like, we want you to redo the movie, but you can just do it exactly how you did it before. Just, you know, with 4K cameras, the whole nine yards. And I said, um, wait, so you're saying I can remake the movie? I said, give me, give me a couple of months. And so... I just started reworking everything. And um, so now it's like, okay, well, we're going to have a budget. It's going to be in theaters. But uh, the goal is to have the movie um, shot either later this year or early next year and to release it by summer or fall uh, 2022. I'm actually getting ready to um, start three new short films right now um, that I'm planning to have out by the end of the year, do like a little mini premiere uh, in Georgia. So, you know, I definitely keep you guys informed on that, but yeah. I can't wait to get started on, you know, the big features again, because that's where my heart is. I love feature films. I love that. I think that's like our dream here. We love to highlight all these different Black indies and to see one that we have actually seen now get a larger release is awesome. Well, look, we really, really appreciate uh, you taking these minutes to talk with us. Um, and we appreciate you reaching out because this is really what we this is all we do here is want to uplift black independent filmmakers. So thank you very much. And um, once the, once your new projects come out, you hit us up, let us know. We'd love to watch. No, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So thanks to Jamal for stopping by to chat with the new Chitlin circuit. And thanks to our listeners for all the support you've given us so far. And to the filmmakers out there who listen and reach out and interact with us. We really love that. It is our one sole and only mission here to uplift black independent film. So that's what it's all about. And we will see you all next week. Thanks for listening. To join in on the conversation, follow us on Twitter at TNCC pod and on Instagram at new Chitlin circuit. And that's spelled C H I T L I N. And for the latest and greatest, check out our website at the new Chitlin circuit.com. Oh.